Chapter 17 He is not far from every one of us. Our Lord, who is God, is the way that leads us to heaven. By the very fact that He is the Word incarnate, He is omnipresent as God, as Word. He is at the same time the Creator, and consequently, He it is who maintains us in existence. What is the difference between those who do not believe and those who do? Between the demons and the baptized creatures that we are? The difference is not a matter of distance from our Lord Jesus Christ, of a certain physical separation. God is far from the demons, of course, because they reject him. Nevertheless, it is not purely and simply true. Our Lord Jesus Christ is not far from the demons because, being the Word, He is the Creator. As such, He created the demons and maintains them in existence. This is what St. Paul says when addressing the pagan Greeks in the Areopagus. Quam vis non longe sit ab uno quoque nostrum. Although He be not far from every one of us. Acts 17.27 and he adds, In ipso enim vivimus et movemur et sumus. For in him we live and move and are. Acts 17.28 There are two ways of being near. Our Lord may be near as Creator, but he can also be near by love, by charity, by union with souls. In this sense, clearly, he is very far from the demons. Ultimately, if we try, as far as we are able, to think of what will be our spiritual life after death, the relations between God and ourselves, between all the spirits and ourselves, it is very difficult. And yet, that is what is most important for us, what is most real. The spirit is much more real than the body, because matter comes from spirit. Consequently, it is the spirit which is infinitely more true and real. Thus, God is present here. Our Lord is in our midst. Not only does he hear us, but it is he who gives us voice with which to speak, eyes to see and ears to hear. If our Lord were not present, if the word, God, creator, in whom all things subsist were not there, we would be nothing we would dissolve immediately into nothingness. If our Lord is present, then what difference is there between us and those who do not believe and the demons, since he is everywhere? The answer is that, in a certain way, our Lord's and our glances cross. Remember from the life of our Lord in Palestine, his meetings with sinners, the sick and the apostles, Recall the words of our Lord to Nathanael, When thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. John 1, 48. But how? You have seen me. Was our Lord hidden? Our Lord is there, with us. His eyes catch ours and question us. Do you really want to be with me? Do you love me? Do you not love me? Do you want to follow me or not? Are you with me or are you against me? His glance says everything. 
Remember the look our Lord gave St. Peter when he had just denied him thrice. The Gospel says it. Our Lord and St. Peter looked at each other. Their eyes met. The gaze of our Lord fell on St. Peter. Luke 22.62 Think of all that is contained in our Lord's gaze. Our Lord is not far from us. He is with us. He is in us. Ultimately, everything depends upon the attitude we have towards our Lord. Of course, everything depends upon the grace of God, but everything depends upon our disposition to receive our Lord in us. Are we disposed to receive Him? Or is there some part of us, a secret reserve, in which we would prefer that our Lord not enter, that His gaze not penetrate? We are disposed to receive Him up to a certain point. In our mind, may the Lord enlighten me, may He help my will. But in my heart, are there things which I love and which I know to be displeasing to our Lord? I would prefer that he not come. I would prefer that my heart not be illuminated by his gaze. I would risk seeing within myself things that I cannot keep. This does not sit well with our Lord. How different the dispositions of souls towards our Lord can be. Our Lord wants union with all of us and to love us completely, without reticence. On his side, there are no limits. His love is total, complete, perfect towards us. It is we who have a tendency to restriction. As St. Paul says, Dilatamini cor vestrum. Be you, your hearts, also enlarged. 2 Corinthians 6.13 Do not restrict them. Do not narrow them or make them small in such a way that our Lord cannot enter in. Rather, Expand your hearts, open them to the light of our Lord and to his love. Our Lord is always knocking at the door of our heart, as St. John says in the Apocalypse, Echesto ad ostium et pulso. Behold, I stand at the gate and knock. Apocalypse 3, 20. He knocks at the door of our hearts to be received, but is he received? This is not a matter of imagination or poetry. It is not literature. It is true. And it is a fact. Consider what sort of people in general, privileged souls, have been. Those who have received really extraordinary graces from our Lord, from God. They are the simplest souls. I would even say the most ignorant souls. Our Lord himself said as much of his apostles. He chose fishermen who were there in his path, who were simple men, not very cultivated. He chose them because in these men were simple souls, upright, who did not complicate matters overmuch, and who gradually opened themselves up to our Lord. Their hearts were completely opened to our Lord. Consider the saints in general. It can be said that our Lord really had a preference for poor, simple souls and for children. Think of St. Joan of Arc, for example. Our Lord did not single out a highly qualified, highly intellectual person from high society with extraordinary natural talents. No, a simple soul. 
And this is why, fortunately, souls which are not especially knowledgeable can be as holy as persons very well schooled in theology, in sacred scriptures, and in all of the sciences of the church. It is, moreover, a great consolation to know that the love of our Lord for us depends upon the opening of our souls to receive it. That is all. It is on this point that we must always examine ourselves. Have I not within me reserved areas which I do not want our Lord to see and enter, because if his light penetrates there, I would be obliged to acknowledge the wounds that are still to be found in me and which I do not want to heal. Men are like that. How many Christians are only Christians by half? They say, yes, I believe in God, I believe in our Lord Jesus Christ. And thus they do their duty, what is strictly necessary to accomplish it. If you, however, ask them to make a retreat, to enter into silence and so to be alone with our Lord, alone with the one who sustains them in existence, one-on-one -on -one with the one who gives them life, who gives them all and who will judge them. They flee. They are afraid that the secrets of their hearts would be unveiled, whereas that would do them so much good. That is why, during the course of retreats, the confessions so often procure an extraordinary comfort to souls who really wish to make the retreat in sincerity and humility. Once and for all, I must give myself completely to God. Then God's light penetrates their hearts and his grace comes to their aid. They are free. Such is our Lord. We must reflect and consider that our sanctification is something really simple. It is not necessary to go and seek our Lord in metaphysical and theological meditations, or think that if you cannot understand theology very well, you cannot sanctify yourself. Of course not. Normally, the more we study the mystery of our Lord, the more we should love Him, the more we should belong to Him. Unfortunately, often that is not what happens. Instead, we take self-satisfaction in our knowledge or in the natural gifts which the good God has given us, and we forget to humbly submit ourselves to the light of our Lord, to his love, to follow him simply, and to do his will. It is necessary to recall frequently and to meditate on this word of St. Paul, Non est longe, he is not far from every one of us. For in him we live, and move, and are. Acts 17, 27-28 May we be able to say, My God, you are there. I love you. My God, I want only you. I want to live for you alone. You are my all. As St. Teresa of Avila expressed it, God is all. I am nothing. That should be the cry of our heart and soul. Let us live with our Lord constantly, in all our difficulties, our trials, our desires. Let everything be subject to our Lord. Let us never be found bereft and alone when we might have the aid of Him who created us, who died for us on the cross, and who comes into us each time we receive Him by His body, blood, soul, and divinity.